The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. and personal with some of your favorite female porn stars on In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, In Bed showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, August 26th, 2015. Listeners, please welcome our special guest, writer, phone sex operator, and the creator and owner of ClimaxConnection.com, Sharon Summers. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you very much for having me. I'm uh, grateful for the opportunity. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you on as well. Uh, This is going to be an interesting journey tonight, listeners, because we're going to delve into the world of phone sex and masturbation, which is very exciting. Is masturbation is something that's part of most of our lives, so we might as well make it as exciting and variety-filled as possible is the way I look at it. Absolutely, that's very true. So let's dive into the interview, and typically I like to start at the very beginning with these interviews. Where are Mm -hmm. you originally from, Sharon? Well, the little town that I... Well, it's not that little anymore. It's about doubled in size. Uh, in my lifetime is about an hour and a half southwest of Toronto. It's called Brantford. Who would have known that Climax Connection sprung from a Brantford girl? People may have heard of the hockey player Wayne Gretzky. He's also from Brantford. So that's sort of our town's claim to fame. <laughs> the great hockey player is from up. the same town that I am. And uh, I've lived in the same house my whole life. It's been in my family for nearly 70 years. My mom was born and raised here. Well, her parents, uh, she was two. My mom was two when her parents bought this house. And so she was raised here. I was raised here. And I'll probably be here until they carry me out feet first. Well, there you go. (laughs) So I'm quite well rooted. I know that's rare in today. Uh, most people have moved many times. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody that's ever said, oh, I've lived in the same house my whole life. That's kind of uh, different for today's world. It is, but it's interesting. It's nice. So what was life like growing up for you uh, up in Canada, in, in Brantford? What was life like as a child, as a teenager? Oh, gosh, you're the only one that's ever asked me those questions. My goodness. Um, well... I wasn't the most popular kid. I think maybe a lot of people in adult entertainment probably could say the same. They were sort of maybe the outcasts. Maybe there's some people that grew up popular. But I think quite a bit of people in the adult entertainment industry grew up sort of on the the fringes, on the edges. 
not one of the popular kids that, uh, you know, I always had a couple of friends, but I was never in the in crowd or the popular group. I, I never really fit in. I'm an only child and my mom was an only child as well. So I didn't have any cousins or, or people my own age around. So I was always used to being around adults and I always felt more like an adult and other kids sort of thought that was strange. I was like a little miniature adult. That's, that's always how I felt. It was more common for me to be, you know, hanging around with the teachers at recess than the other kids. It just, uh, I wasn't one of the popular ones at all. And in my teens, I was uh, sort of even more of an outcast, just very much a loner. I was really into reading in my teens. I read a lot and, and enjoyed TV and uh, solitary activities. I um, have always been kind of a loner. Let's get into what was going on with your life prior to entering the realm of adult entertainment. Uh, it was probably the absolute worst time of my entire life. I, I say phone sex saved my life, and I know people will laugh or say that's ridiculous or that's funny, but it really seriously is true. I had never worked or gone to college. From the time I finished high school, I stayed at home and looked after my grandmother, and she required more care as the years went on, and she was happy to have me stay at home and, and take care of the house and the cooking and, and everything. And that was all well and good. But when she was coming to the end of her life, and it was not a good end, it was a very intensive caregiving towards the end, uh, I had no source of support. My mom didn't have a very good job. She could barely support herself, let alone me. And I had nobody to look after me. And I had never been in that position before in my life. I had always had somebody to look after me. And it was uh, it was really difficult. And I, I did not know what I was going to do. When somebody's approaching their mid-30s and they've never worked a day in their life, they've never gone to college, they don't have a husband to support them, your options are very limited. Who's going to be clamoring to hire somebody that's never worked or have any experience? What are your options going to be, McDonald's, Walmart? I honestly can't think what the options would be, but it was a very, very bad time. And my mom was having serious health problems. I was just, I've never been so stressed in my life and it was my mom's boyfriend that said that he'd seen a documentary on TV that women could do this from home and why don't you research this online and see what you can figure out and I had only had a computer at this point for like eight months I was very late to getting a computer I didn't even get one until after my grandmother passed away I could barely figure out how to do anything online I had nobody to teach me nobody showed me how to use a computer it was all self-taught and this was literally survival mode you find something immediately or something awful is going to happen and luckily within two days of looking I found my first company and uh, it was a very difficult time and it took about six months from starting until I, I found a second company that really was able to give me enough money to support myself and that was when things really turned around and started to get better quickly and I was very very grateful wow that's quite the interesting story right there I'm so sorry that something 
something very unfortunate, you know, had to, like, thrust you into this realm, but uh, obviously it was for the best because you're still doing it and you're still thriving with it. So, after getting that idea in your head, uh, what were the steps that you had to take to make this career a reality? I was very upset that when I realized that this is this is your option unless you want to be at McDonald's or Walmart this is what you're gonna have to do and once I accepted it I told myself that failure was not an option that you are going to have to make this succeed or else you're gonna have to be standing on your feet in a polyester uniform and going around the city by bus I, I was so sheltered I never even learned how to drive I still have never learned how to drive so life was very difficult and like I said I realized I was gonna have to make this work once I found that first company that was a start and most girls that are in this business do work for multiple companies it's a juggling act and you always hope the phone doesn't ring for one when you're on a call with another it's it's a major juggling act and so I just started adding companies left and right and at the busiest that I was, I was taking calls for about 13 different companies. It was insane. And it's not that many now, but it was literally about 13 different companies that I was taking all these different calls from. And I was just wanting to do as well as I could and signing up to as many places as I could to get as many calls as I could to make as much money as I could because I was so afraid that I would end up back in the position that I was beforehand and I never dreamed that I would have the personality to be a workaholic because I'm fairly laid back I can be certainly very lazy in certain areas of my life but the motivation for the first time to be available more to take more calls to make more money availability is the key in this business a girl that logs in for calls for six to eight hours a day I seriously don't know how she could make a living. I really don't. I am on call 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to one place or another to take calls. Even Christmas. I have not taken one day off since I started, which people think is insane when I say that. But it's not as grueling as it sounds. It can be hours and hours between calls. So it's not like I'm, you know, attached to the telephone 24-7 just because I'm available. Like I said, it really can be quite a long stretch between calls. Other times, it's back-to-back -back for hours, and you'll have a really busy wave of calls that come in. But I am pretty uh, driven. I think once you have been that hungry and that deprived that awful year after my grandmother passed away until I really started to get my feet into this business, I've never been in such a state of deprivation in my life and I don't ever want to be there again. How difficult was it to get into the business? It really wasn't. Um, any girl can sign up to sites, make a profile. There's different kinds of companies. Some companies have very strict um, ways that they will accept girls. They have round after round of telephone interviews, all these ridiculous things. Other sites, any girl can just throw up a profile and that's it. So I belong to a combination of, of those kinds of companies. Um, I literally typed in when I started looking phone sex companies 
And I started emailing them, asking, are you taking new girls? Are you looking for anybody? You know. And within two days of looking, I found my first company. It was a small little company on under about four years ago. And I was there for four years. And that was the start. And then because I was in the business then when I started there, I started researching more and more and more online and finding additional companies to sign up with. So any girl, if she's uh, willing to really try, can find places to get in at. It has a very high turnover of business. A lot of girls will try it for a night or a week or a month and they they leave. They can't handle the weird calls. They can't handle some of the odd requests that callers will have of them. And so it's not hard to find companies that are hiring because there is such a high turnover. So you mentioned your hours, uh, that you're basically available 24-7. So you don't have a typical shift a work shift no no there are some companies that work that way that require shifts i could honestly never work at a place like that because i have weird sleeping habits i've always had weird sleeping habits to me if you have a shift that you have to be online for or available for calls for you might as well have a regular job if you're that scheduled i don't want scheduled i don't want any schedules i just want to log in log out when i want if i have to go to the dentist or the doctor i can just click a button and log out or you know change the toll-free number to go to voicemail and i can go i don't need to ask anybody's permission i like that kind of freedom some companies have that some do not i prefer the ones that want you know, the girls, just to follow the rules, do your job, do whatever you want. Don't don't worry about set hours or anything. Now, some companies will have a minimum login. You have to be logged in for, say, 40 hours a week. Some are 60 hours a week. So some have guidelines, but you can log in and out as you want as long as you meet those minimum hours, which I think is also fine. I don't think there's a problem with that. But to have set hours, you have to be available from 7 until 3. No, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you can always go over the hour limit. Oh, sometimes. At some places you can, at others you can't. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't work at a restrictive place like that. I don't do well with a lot of rules. I, I balk against authority at every chance that I get. That's just <laughs> not me. I like a lot of freedom. I'm sure after hearing you say all of this, a lot of the listeners are probably like, well, this sounds pretty attractive right here as far as a work <laughs> gig you know this sounds fantastic i can log in whenever i want i just have to meet a certain uh, amount of time per week but after hearing all that and hearing of the flexibility of the hours i'm sure they're also learning about the pay how is the pay the pay is by the minute now if it was easy it wouldn't have such a high turnover rate would it if it was the golden egg that everybody thinks it is everybody would be doing it it is not for everybody it really is not it takes a certain kind of person to do well with this kind of job it's a very much thinking on your feet job you never know what's going to happen when the phone rings and it was a very different market seven years ago when I started than it is now. I would think if a girl started now, she would really have a difficult time doing anywhere near as well as I have. It just is more difficult. That's really interesting. Why do you think the industry has become so difficult? Well, 
phone sex is considered by some people to be a little bit old-fashioned compared to some of the other internet ways of, of webcams and and things like that. Although most men that are calling are not calling to want to watch a woman masturbate or even hear a woman masturbate. That's not their goal. Their goal is to verbally explore their fantasies on a very personalized one-to-one exchange and and I do get younger callers that are just 18 that are just new to phone sex that are just trying it out it's not all a bunch of middle-aged and older guys by any means there's definitely a cross-section of people from 18 to their late 60s that I talk to so it's not strictly for the older crowd at all but uh, I don't know I think um I think some people don't want to spend the money, so they're more resorting to looking at free porn online because it's not the cheapest hobby. I mean, you can find girls that don't charge a lot of money, but you pretty well get what you pay for. But the pay is by the minute. So sure, I can be available 24 hours, but if the phone doesn't ring, I don't make a dime. I've had a day where I made $6, even though I was available for 24 hours. You never know what that day is going to bring. It's a 100% commission job, and it goes by the minute. Some places go by the call, so it's like a guy will buy 10 minutes, and even if he comes in two minutes he's still going to have to have paid for that minimum 10 minutes, which is great. At companies like that, you want to get hot and heavy so that the guys get off really quickly so that, oh, wow, you know, I got paid for 10 minutes and I only talked for three. That's that's great for the operators. <laughs> um, guys that are premature ejaculators probably don't want to call that kind of company because I, I can think of a number of guys right off the top of my head that always have to buy that 10 minutes and they always come in two or three. So I love it when they call because it's very minimal work and I get the full amount of pay so some places are by the minute where you only pay for the minutes that you actually use they preload funds into their account and if they're only on the phone for two minutes they're only going to pay for that two minutes there's different kinds of uh, clients that like to call different kinds of companies for different reasons Certain companies absolutely have very different clientele from each other. Certain companies will attract different types. You can be very popular at one company and do almost nothing at another. It really, that's one of the things that surprised me when I started accumulating all these different companies that I would take calls for. And it's like, wow, I do so well at this company. I'm one of the top girls, yet at this one, I only get sent a call about every three weeks. It's uh, It really is funny how different the clientele from company to company can be and how your popularity can be different from place to place as well. That's interesting. So let's talk about the clientele. Uh, you sort of briefly mentioned it a couple of answers ago, but how would you describe your clientele, the people that you find yourself talking to on a regular basis? Well... The sorts of written descriptions that I have on the places that I take calls for are fairly tame. I don't want to attract the more extreme callers because that's upsetting to me and they're not going to be happy with me because I'm not going to go as far as they want me to. There are girls that absolutely will go as taboo as you want, as horrifying and dark as you can imagine there are girls that will be happy to go down that path with you i'm not one of them i definitely consider myself a general 
phone sex artist, not one that specializes in very dark and creepy taboo things. There's certainly um, fetishes that I do specialize in, but I like to think of myself as a fairly middle of the road type of girl. And I, I write to attract that kind of client as well. Some girls would find the clients that I like to attract very boring. They absolutely say, they call them suck and fuck girls. That's what they call ones like me that are happy with the suck and fuck calls. You know, I don't want to talk about animals. I don't want to talk about toddlers. I don't want to talk about scat. I'm just happy to give a nice suck and fuck call. So that's how I write the material on my sites is to attract that kind of vanilla type of guy. Throughout your time in this industry, let's talk a little bit about the weird, the odd requests. What are some of the weird, odd requests that you've received? Oh, gosh. Weird, odd requests. It was <laughs> a crazy British place that I started at shortly after I had gotten into it. It was the second company that I got into, and that place was an excellent training ground. I was there for three and a half years, and it was extremely busy. It was very low pay. It was one quick one to three minute call after the other. I mean, you would be getting 50 to 75 calls a day. The busiest day was like over 100 calls. It was just bang, bang, bang. You would hang up the phone. It would ring in two seconds later. And those British guys are the craziest people that I think I've ever talked to in the world. And the stuff that they would talk about was absolutely insane. And some of them would just ask you to do something to see if you would do it. And they're like, I want you to baa like a sheep. <laughs> it's like, What? And it wasn't anything to do with bestiality or anything. It was just this guy called up and he's drunk and he wanted to hear all these animal noises. It was ridiculous. And then he says, you know, I want you to moo like a cow, baa like a sheep, bray like a donkey. It was just nuts, bark like a dog. And it's like, I think, you know, this has got to be McDonald's Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in my room at 3 a.m., you know, making animal noises. It's insane. Some of them would ask me to sing. They would, uh, some of them would rewrite lyrics to songs. I've had a few do that, actually, and some of them are quite creative. And then they would email me the lyrics, and then they say, okay, to this melody, I want you to sing this. And I would do my best. It was ridiculous. This one guy that was drunk called up. There was lots of drunk callers at that place. And he'd say, I want you to sing Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. <laughs> Okay, give me a minute to look up the lyrics online. I don't know it by heart. Just the most ridiculous things that people would ask you to do, they would do. And it's like, you're just, you can't believe you're hearing these requests from these men. You would think people calling a phone sex line are basically calling just to masturbate and, and that's what it's all about. But some will call for other reasons. They will. Some are genuinely lonely and they want somebody to talk to. I've had men sing me songs and play their guitar that they have written. I've had ones read me poetry that they've written. It's like they're literally paying for an audience, which always struck me as a little sad. I don't mind. I'm happy to be your audience and have you sing to me or read your poetry to me. But some of the things uh, have struck me as, as different that way that's that's always been a little bit odd what would you say is the percentage rate of uh, non 
sexual conversations versus sexual conversations that you I'd say have. about 5%. It's pretty small. It okay. really is. I wish it was higher cuz honestly I prefer those calls. I find them fun, they're engaging. You're not just zoning out and and going into auto mode with your blowjob description. I mean, you can actually have really nice conversations with people. I've talked about everything from uh, past life regression to days of our lives on on these calls that uh, any topic under the sun can uh, be discussed. This one man was telling me about the ghost in his house and, and all these different things that people will call to talk about and some do just call to talk. And I've had ones in the past that they will call for hours, just hours. I mean, there was one man that used to call regularly for five hours, and there was no sex at all on his calls. He would tell me all the craziest things. I don't think he was mentally all there, but um, he was uh, he was different to talk to, that's for sure. But it would definitely be under 5% of calls are non-sexual. In your opinion, what are some of the common misconceptions about working on a phone sex line? I would imagine that there are probably a lot of people that just assume, okay, all phone sex operators, you know, they immediately do other sex work as well. So what are some of the misconceptions about being a phone sex operator? Well, a lot of people think that you are a sex crazed nymphomaniac that's masturbating with strangers around the clock which is uh, quite laughable once you've been in this business for more than a few hours you realize that's uh, certainly not what it's about a lot of people really have insane notions as you said a lot of them really do think that you do other sex work as well when I was with that Toronto company and like I said the town I'm in is only about an hour and a half from there and the clients at that company were mainly from the Toronto area, and, and so were most of the operators. And I can tell you, there were lots of guys, well, how much will it be to do this for real? It's like, um, I'm not a whore. Well, you work here. You talk about it. Well, that doesn't mean I'm going to be meeting you in a hotel and taking your money for sexual services. That is asked very frequently. The people from the British place thought that on that line were also adult movie actresses. And this one guy calls up and he says, um, well, you're a porn star, aren't you? And I laughed and I said, me? A porn star? I said, no, I just talk on the phone. And he said, oh, well, I thought all the women that were doing this were making pornos. And I said, um, no. So they do have these misconceptions that you are either accepting money for sex or that you're doing porn movies. This is uh, what a lot of people think. They definitely do. They think you're some kind of professional masturbator, which is ridiculous, honestly. So that is a huge misconception. They really, uh, they really have this. And women with kids are really aware of this, and they don't want people to know because when this gets out, they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to let my kid go over to your house if that's what you do. You know, you're some kind of uh, fallen woman that's going to expose my child to God knows what. So ones that have kids are really cautious about who they tell that they do this to because of those misconceptions. Have you ever 
actually been turned on by any of the conversations that you've had with your clients? Oh, once in a blue moon, I have turned some clients into personal phone sex partners. There are some girls that will never do that. That's not even an option in their heads. At some companies, it's against the rules. At other companies, they have something in their fine print. While we do not recommend you exchange personal information with clients, it is not against the rules to do so. Um, I've done well over 100,000 calls in the seven years that I've been doing this. and. Wow. Like I said, most of them would be racked up at that British place because it was just one short call after another. So it's not like I've been on 100,000 hour long calls, I wish. there A lot of them are like two, three minutes, so they're very fast. They add up quickly when you're dealing with that volume. And at places like that, it was not allowed. But there have been a, a few places where you are allowed to exchange information if you so choose. And I have probably played with less than 10 clients over seven years that I have taken and it usually is a mistake because you will lose out on that income you will never again get a dime from that client and once you are giving it to them for free your value greatly diminishes in their eyes and you'll play usually once or twice and then they'll disappear and you'll never hear from them again and I always tell myself this one will be different this one will be different this one will really like me and not disappear but unfortunately that usually does happen but once in a blue moon you will talk to somebody that you really like their voice you love the way that they sound when they masturbate the way that they breathe the way that they're moaning and it's like God, I, I really want to take this further. <laughs> I don't want to just only talk to this guy for this 10-minute call that he's got. I, I will be happy to talk to him for free, and we can talk and play together and not worry about the time. That that has happened, but it's uh, it's not common. I'd say about 10 times in seven years isn't very often. And like I said, some girls will never do that, but I always think there's exceptions to every rule, and... Sometimes that happens. Earlier, we talked about, like, the weird calls. Mm -hmm. What has been one of the funniest calls that you've ever been on? Hmm. The ones that ask me to sing, that always strikes me as really funny. That, I, I enjoy that because it's, uh, it's not expected. When I started, sometimes I hadn't heard of some of these fetishes, and when I heard about them... I thought they were joking, and I thought this can't be real. The first one that I, I laughed at somebody and he hung up was, um, I wasn't aware at that point of impregnation fetish. It's a big thing though now, it really is. And this guy started saying, well, have you ever been pregnant? <laughs> Would you like to be? <laughs> it's like, he's like, are you on birth control pills? And I'm like, but I can't get pregnant on the phone. And I started laughing once I realized where he was going with this. And I thought this was very strange. And the first guy that asked me to talk like a robot, I I really had a hard time containing my laughter because I thought, this guy is pulling my leg. Why the hell does he want me to talk in a robot voice? This can't be real. And it is. Robot fetish is a thing. That really struck me as as odd. And now I actually have a good handful of regular robot phone sex callers that I have. And it definitely is a fetish. And the first time I heard of it, I thought that was damn strange. I would agree. It's the first time I'm hearing about it, and I think <laughs> it's damn strange. Fembots and sex androids. 
Well, there you go. Yeah. It really is the future. It is. Let's talk about your website, ClimaxConnection.com. After how many years of uh, being a phone sex operator working for various other companies, did you decide to create your own website? And how did the creation come about? Well, shortly after I became an operator, like within about two to three or four months, I found a website that another operator had actually recommended to me to check out. And I found that it had a chat room. And so I just left it open all day when I was working away and could chat in there between calls and whatnot. And I really enjoyed it. It gave me something to do so that I wasn't bored between calls. And it was it was good until it started to go glitchy and they didn't replace it with a good chat program. And so then I started looking online for other sites with, with good chat rooms. And I just was not happy with the sites that I was finding. It's like, this one didn't have this, this one didn't have that. And I thought there needs to be a site that offers all of these features so that if people want to go to a chat room, they can have stories, they can have audios, they can have a forum, they can have profile pages. Because a lot of chat rooms don't have profile pages. It's like you'd be one disorganized group of people. You don't even have to register. It's like hundreds of people in a room. You have no idea who they are. There's no profile to read anything about them. And I thought, this is nuts. There's no organization. There needs to be a well-organized site for people to find free masturbation partners on. And so I, I started formulating this idea and it took a while um, to find a web developer. Nobody would touch adults. They're just a bunch of snobs. These web developers, I couldn't believe it took me 18 months to find a web developer that would make that site. I thought I was just treated terribly. Like you say, how some of them treat people in adult. It was like my money wasn't as good as anybody else's because I was in adult. And I mean, my site is pretty tame for an adult site. It's pretty tame. And, and I told people, you know, I'm not peddling child porn here. This is a very tame adult site for people to find masturbation partners on. One guy actually said to me, but I'm a married man. And it's like, um, well, so are most of the people on these sites. It was just uh, insane, the prejudice against doing anything adult, even a very tame adult site. I just couldn't understand it. To me, business is business. Money's money. This is a job a fairly decent size and expensive job and you're passing it up okay and this went on for 18 months until I found the company that um, would do this and even though they agreed to do it you can bet your bottom dollar they certainly didn't put it in their portfolio because they couldn't have their vanilla clients finding out they were doing adult jobs on the side that's fascinating where did the name climax connection come from my mom was the one that named the site. That is true. That's interesting. She's very good at naming things. There's been a couple of friends that she's had over the years that had different businesses, and she was the one that came up with the names for them. And, I mean, she's really open-minded. It was her boyfriend that came up with this idea, so she's known since day one that I've been doing this. I've honestly been trying to get her into the as well for extra money because um, our voices are very similar um, 
and I think she would do okay with it, but she's she's a bit reluctant. She has done a call with one of my personal clients to my own line of one of my longest-term clients, and that was really funny. She was sitting right next to me, this client that I have that is, um, you know, you could never do that at a company. If You you could never let anybody else answer the phone or anything at, at another company. That's totally against the rules, but this guy is to my own toll-free line, and I've talked to him for many years, and he's uh, one of my best clients, and I'm always saying, you know, oh, my mom's doing this, my mom's doing that, and he'd say, uh, is there any way she'd talk to me? And so we arranged it so she could come up and uh, and be in my room where I take my calls, and he did a half-hour call with her. It was hilarious. It really was, and I was sitting next to her, and he talked to me for half an hour, and then he talked to her for half an hour. It was really funny. So... She um, is pretty open-minded, and when I told her about this website that I was considering doing a few years ago, I gave her the whole concept of the website, and I said, okay, you think of a name. And within three days, she came up with that, and I thought that it was a great domain name, and I couldn't believe that it wasn't taken. She had come up with a couple of other ones that were taken, but when she came up with that one, I knew that that was the one. It was a good choice, absolutely. Can you share with the listeners what they can expect when they visit your website? Well, if they are going there to look for phone sex or cam sex or cyber sex partners, they can go in the chat rooms. They can put on their profile pages what they're looking for. Never underestimate the importance of a well-written profile page. It really amazes me how people will not even bother to fill out a profile. And then they'll complain, oh, well, nobody returns my messages. Well, do you have anything written? No. Spend five or ten minutes writing a decent profile, telling people what you want, what you like, what you're looking for, and you're going to get a lot better response than if you don't write anything. So people go just to chat. Not everybody's looking for a masturbation partner. Some are just looking for a chat room to relax at the end of their day for a couple of hours and go in there. And there's all kinds of things discussed in the main room from politics to movies to all kinds of different uh, current events that are going on. It's not all a bunch of naughty talk in the main room by any means. That's more reserved for the the one-on-one chats because it's not just a main chat room you can open a private little chat box one-on-one with another person so people go there for the chat room some people just go for the stories they want to read stories or listen to audios and masturbate alone and they find that more arousing than just watching porn they like to read these things or participate in the forums. It is an an online community, so people like to interact with each other, send each other inbox messages, but there are definitely people that are finding fun. It really surprises me how often a member will message me and say, you know, thank you so much for making this site. I had the best cyber sex last night that I ever had with a girl that I met here. I hear stuff like this all the time. I had the best phone sex with three different girls last month that I met here. People absolutely tell me that they have found fun. There's people that have actually met in person that met on my site. Because I've always said it's only a matter of time until there be the first Climax Connection wedding or the first Climax Connection baby. Because there are some people that have met up in real life. There is a section in the forum for people that are looking for local 
people to meet. People will have a thread, you know, are you in the Los Angeles area or are you in the Miami area, wherever they are. And other people that are in that geographical region will reply saying, you know what, I'm looking for a fuck buddy too. So there are ones that have met up in person and that um, I can think of a couple of people that are in Europe that, that met that I know of that told me. I can think of uh, one in the Los Angeles area that had met somebody that they met on my site. Um, and who knows how many there are that I haven't heard of. I'm sure there's more I haven't heard of than I have. But people definitely are finding fun on Climax Connection. Let's talk about the erotic audios. How did you get into creating the erotic audios that are on your site? Well, when I started at that first chat room and I decided uh, that I wanted to try phone sex on my personal time as well as business, I like a certain kind of voice. There's not a lot of people that have a voice that I find appealing. And I would chat with these guys for a few minutes on Yahoo or Skype to determine if they had a voice I was interested in. Most of them I was not. And and yet I would chat with them non-sexually. We would chit-chat and they would stay on my friends list and everything. I just wouldn't be masturbating with them. And they'd say, you know, I, I want to hear you come. I know you won't phone with me, but I want to hear you come. And there got to be so many guys that would tell me this that I would chit-chat with that I thought, well, how can they all hear me come if I don't actually masturbate with them? And then I thought, oh my God, I could just make an audio and give it to them, and then they could hear. And I gave this audio that I made, the first masturbation audio that I did, the me masturbating one. I gave it to a few dozen guys that I chatted with. They all loved it, and they encouraged me to post it on this site of erotic short stories. And it was very popular when I posted it there. And I've posted it on a couple of sites like that, as well as my own. And so then, a couple of weeks after that, people would say, well, when's the next one? What's the next one going to be about? And so, they would just ask me to do that. And one of the other more popular ones that I have is the guided masturbation one. And it was one of my chat guys that said, I know you do that on your phone sex calls. You give clients guided masturbation. Why don't you make a guided masturbation audio and release that? And that one has been one of my more popular audios as well. And so I just started writing these things. And then there were ones that wanted me to narrate stories. There was a guy that I used to talk to from that site. And he would often, this is how bored I was between calls. He would give me a link to the story. And he'd say, will you just read this for me? And I said, you, you literally just want me to read this out loud to you while we're talking here on Yahoo? And so I would read this guy these stories, and I found this very interesting. I didn't think anybody but little kids listened to stories being read out loud. You think of that as something for little kids. But this man really loved when I would read him these stories. And I thought, you know, it, he can't be the only one. So I started... In addition to the stories that I wrote, I found some collections online on uh, on content websites that I would have the rights to record them and post them. And I bought some collections of hundreds of erotic short stories that I was able to make recordings of and post them to my sites. And then I started to be so well known for these audios that people started approaching me. Well, I have this story that I wrote. How much would you charge to make an audio for me. 
And so then I started doing the custom professional ones for money. And I really honestly enjoy making the audios even more than calls. I really find it very creative. I never dreamed I would find sound editing relaxing. <laughs> There's a certain rhythm to it. Once you get into it, you don't want to stop. It's just, I, I do enjoy editing the audios after I do them. And that takes actually more time than making them. When you're speaking them, it takes more time editing them. And I do find that kind of relaxing, honestly. I can do that between calls. If the phone rings, I can just put it on pause and resume when the call is over. And once I learned the sound editing, it really has made my life for audios a lot easier because it took me years to master that. And I, I'm still not at any expert level, believe. But when I started, if somebody gave me a story, I could just cry thinking of how frustrating it was. If I stumbled on a word in the last sentence, I had to redo the whole audio over because I did not know how to edit that out. I could literally cry when I think of the frustrations that I went through when I did that. And now, of course, if you make a mistake, it's nothing to edit it out once you know how to do it. And so I, I make a fair number of audios, both for free that I post on my sites and for clients that uh, order them. I really wish I got a lot more orders. July, I had more orders, I think, than any other month. I had well over a dozen orders. Other months, you'll only get a couple. Sometimes you'll get a couple a week. There really is no rhyme or reason, but I really enjoy making the audios and, and doing voiceover work. You mentioned something that I was curious to get more information on because I had never heard of something like this. What is a guided masturbation audio? Well, guided masturbation, I would far rather do an audio on that than a call. A call like that can be very repetitive, honestly. The guy literally wants to be told how to touch himself, how fast, how slow, how hard, how soft, the type of stroke to use, the type of grip. It is quite uh, repetitive. I know when a guy requests that, I'm really going to be earning my money on that call because it's it's a lot of work. You're, you're literally visualizing in your mind what you're saying for him to do. And it's ironic and I feel almost guilty about it because while I don't enjoy giving those kind of calls, if a guy is good at giving me guided masturbation, I really enjoy it. So I can understand why they like it so much because I love it myself as well. And there's only ever been a couple of guys that I played with that knew how to do that properly. Some people don't like it. They don't want to be told how to touch themselves. And it took years before I allowed somebody to do that to me because you're really surrendering control if you agree to touch yourself the way that somebody else is telling you to do it rather than the way that you would do it when you're alone. And when I found a guy that knew what he was doing, I just went fucking wild. I just thought it was the oddest thing I'd ever done. And he would, you know, be telling me, stop, take your hand off that pussy right now. <laughs> okay, start touching slowly. And it's like, when they know what they're doing, it can be extremely hot. So that is a very popular uh, call topic for people. It's really interesting. It's very interesting. Okay, so... You have been doing all this work in the realm of adult entertainment, and obviously you've been doing the interview circuits. You've been a radio guest on several shows in the past, and recently-ish, you also did an eight-week guest stint on uh, a vivid radio show with uh, famed legendary porn star Krista mm -hmm. Canyon. 
what was that experience like for you? Because it's one thing to be on the other end, much like you are right now, where you're the guest and you're responding to questions. What was it like to be on the opposite side of the microphone? The stint on her show was very different. It was unlike any other show that I had ever done. I didn't know what to expect. I was just grateful for the publicity and the exposure that uh, that they were kind enough to give me. And it was very different. I had no idea what I was getting into. And she and I, when when I was on there, would be basically doing two-girl calls. And I had done a couple of two-girl calls at various companies that I've done. I'm not really a fan of two-girl calls. Some girls won't do them. It really is a request that I get very seldom, so it's seldom enough that I'll roll with it if a guy really wants it. And when I was on with her, a caller would call in, and we would be tag-teaming a man (laughs) describing basically like a a phone sex threesome is what it was. That's what a two-girl call is like. It's like a threesome over the phone. And you're just describing what we would be doing to this guy, and it was was fun. It really was. It was was different. It was not something something that I had had a lot of experience with. I had only done a handful of two-girl calls, and when I would be on the show with her, there was probably, I don't know, three or four guys that would call in during the hour that I was on that we would talk to, and she would, uh, between these two-girl calls that we would do with the callers to her show, she would ask me various phone sex questions, you know, like you would, about what is a weird call or, or what was something that happened that was strange, something that you heard that surprised you. So it was a mix of her asking questions about the phone sex business and then us doing these two girl calls. Did you enjoy the experience of uh, co-hosting a radio show? Well, it was different. <laughs> it really was different. Um, I was more used to being asked the questions. That That is what I'm familiar with. So it was sort of uh, different to be put in the position of, well, you're going to have to perform as well. You will be performing phone sex for these uh, guys that are calling in, and we will be doing this together. It was, uh, I don't know, it wasn't fully explained to me beforehand. So it's a very much fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants type of thing when you don't know. Uh, Different shows I have done in the last year, most of them I don't really know what they're going to be asking me ahead of time. There was one show that I did, and this woman was extremely prepared, and she sent me a list of probably two dozen questions a few days before, and she wanted me to go over them and have pretty detailed answers to all these things and I found that fine as well I knew what she expected and and that was fine and it was a very good interview it was one of the better ones that I've done actually and so people have different interview styles as well that's very true I want to ask you a question that I'm sure a lot of listeners might be curious to hear the answer to, especially since you have been in this industry for, as you said, seven years. Do you have any tips for our listeners on how they can improve their dirty talk? Hmm. I found that phone sex can almost be a natural ability. And I know that sounds crazy because obviously before telephones that didn't even exist but some people you mean to tell me that people weren't uh, using, <laughs> well in person you know, in person of course they would be using dirty talk of course but um and Morse code. Uh, that's right morse code phone says there was a guy at that british company that used to call me as telegraph or i thought that was hilarious 
<laughs> some of the, the things that people come up with. Of course, person to person dirty talk has always been in existence. I just I just have phones so drilled into my head. I was thinking of that. Um, some people really know what to say, and other people have no clue. They really don't. Some people are really better just sticking to the breathing and the moaning because they're not the best at dirty talk. And some guys will just come out with bizarre statements and it's like what the hell this is not sexy you're never going to turn any woman on like this and you can't really help your sounds either some people sound so fucking sexy you can practically just get wet listening to them others make sounds that are horrifying the tips that i would give would be just be yourself don't ever try and and put on airs for somebody to impress them and make them think you're sexy. They're either going to think you're sexy or they don't. Just be yourself. Because if you're trying to put on some kind of an act, it's going to be hard for you to maintain that, and the other person's going to sense it anyway. So just be yourself, and if you're good at it, you're good. I think for everybody, they're going to have their fans. No matter how disgusting somebody sounds, somebody else is going to think they're hot. No matter hot, no matter how hot you think somebody else sounds, somebody else is not going to think they're anything. That's absolutely been the case with me. There's been guys that'll say, "Oh, I've you know, I've got all these phone sex partners. They think I just sound so sexy," and I'm like, "Really? Why? Why would they ever think that? Why?" <laughs> um, and some guys uh, have no clue how sexy they sound. And it's like, I don't want to gush and make them think I'm some fawning fool. But it's like, oh, my God, you sound so hot. I just can't get enough of your sounds. I want to play with you all the time. It's uh, It seems to just... You can't appeal to everybody. It's like a food or a song. Some people are going to hate it. Other people are going to think it's their favorite. That's true. Great tip for the listener. So hopefully listeners... Y'all were listening because that was an excellent tip. So let's move away from the world of adult entertainment and let's talk a little bit more about you as we start wrapping things up here in the interview. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Oh gosh, something quirky. Well, I'm I'm kind of a cat lady. I have cats, and I love soap operas. I'm kind of a traditional, old-fashioned kind. People wouldn't think if you're old-fashioned you'd be in this business, but um, this business can attract a lot of different type of people. It really can. Uh, adult seems to attract people that are hermits and recluses, which I have found unusual and yet true. Um, there's a lot of people that are very much into their pets and their animals and they wanted a job where they wouldn't have to be away from their pets. They're almost obsessive pet owners. A lot of them I've even talked to that are breeders. There was a woman that I did calls for for a while and she bred parrots. There was uh, several that I've talked to that bred certain kinds of dogs. They, There was a woman that... Um, got into phone sex to afford the money to feed her horses. There's a real lot of animal lovers in adult, I have found, because a lot of us are very much home-loving people. We wanted a job where we could be from home, and some of us have, you know, numbers of pets that we cherish very much, and we don't want to be away from them for eight hours a day. So that has uh, struck me as unique, but, um, eh. 
just how it is. People are different. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. <laughs> uh, unique, old-fashioned, sentimental, overly emotional, romantic, sensual, creative, ambitious. I don't know how many words that is. <laughs> that was exactly 10. Let's get to know some of your favorites. I have a list of uh, five pop culture oriented questions. The first in this set is what are five of your most favorite television shows? This can be a list of your all time favorites or this could be a list of your current favorites. Five of your fave TV oh, I'd shows. I'd say my all time favorites would have to be I Love Lucy, uh, Little House on the Prairie, Three's Company, The Brady Bunch, and Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? John Denver, Barry Manilow, Dolly Parton, and maybe Julio Iglesias. What are three of your most favorite films? Meet Me in St. Louis, uh, Titanic, and Sunset Boulevard. What are two foods you can't live without? Chocolate and cheese. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Mm. Well, I'd, I'd probably say sugar. Anything that's sweet, I'm up for that. Let's talk about the future. What are your plans for the future? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see your website in five years? I really hope that it will be a lot more well-known than it is now and have like ten times the people online. That would make me uh, very happy if that was very successful rolling along. I would like to mainly be getting calls just from my own sites and not be dependent on any companies. That would be that would be very good. That would make me happy. Um, I don't really see branching out in too many more adult areas. I would like to beef up the ones that I have so that I have a lot more audios going, a lot more calls on my own line and my own site be a lot more popular just to really beef up what I already have. How can the listeners contact you? How can they contact you for your phone sex services? Let's hook them up with the official link to your website as well as uh, any social media links as well. Well, my paid phone sex site is erotictalkphonesex.com and they can reach me. There's a contact page there, Sharon at erotictalkphonesex.com. Or if they are a member on Climax Connection, they can email Sharon at climaxconnection.com. I have chat boxes on all of my sites. So I'm very, very reachable on my site, sexychatwithsharon.com, where I have almost 200 free erotic audios that I have done over the last several years. I have a little chat box on there. People can pop up if they don't have Yahoo or Skype. I have my Yahoo and Skype ID on there. I'm very reachable. I like to be very reachable for any fans that want to communicate with me or anybody that's interested in setting up a call. I like to be very out there. One thing that has surprised me is guys that will contact me when they find my audios online 
when I reply back in the chat box, they'll say, wow, I didn't really expect a person to be here. Is this really you? It's like, yeah, it's really me. It's really the girl behind the voice. Or else they will email me and they'll say, I found your audios. I really enjoy them. And they'll say, you know, I've contacted other women that have done audios that I found on such and such a site. And none of them ever replied back to me. And you're the only one that has, and you're really friendly, and you always reply back. And I'm always sort of stunned that if somebody took a couple of minutes even to send you an email to compliment you on something of yours that they enjoyed, that you can't even be bothered to type back a sentence saying, that's great, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm really always shocked when they say no other woman ever replied back to them because it would never occur to me not to reply back to them. I think they've taken a couple of minutes out of their day to do nothing but compliment me. Of course I'm going to thank them for doing that. That makes sense. Absolutely. And you're also on Twitter, correct? The Climax Connection account does have a thing on there. I'm really not that good at social media, so I really don't do that much with it. Uh, I wish I had somebody that could manage that for me, but I have yet to find somebody for a reasonable price that will be willing to do that. So I don't use it that often, but it does exist. It is there. Yes, I have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, a Google Plus page, Tumblr page, but they're eh, they're kind of dormant. I don't do that much with them. It's just not something... That's something I wish I did have uh, the skills and talent for. I just never have seemed to be able to master how to do that and in interact properly with that. I think a lot of younger people would be better with that. Somebody that's in their 20s or something. It seems like old hat to them. They know how to do it in two seconds. I just... Um, I haven't really had an affinity for that. I'm always trying to rope some member, you know. Come and come and do all the Twitter stuff. I'll give you a free premium membership. And I have yet to find anybody reliable that's able to uh, do all these things. Well, hopefully. <laughs> you never well know. In the future. Exactly. Well, Sharon, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to the listeners that are tuning in right now? Well, for somebody that has never tried phone sex, but has maybe been curious about it, I think it is something that you should explore because it can, uh, it can really enhance your masturbation experience. It is so much different alone than it is when you're on the phone with somebody. I really would encourage people to try that because as I said to one interviewer before masturbating alone is like black and white and masturbating on the phone with somebody is like Technicolor it's that much of a difference it just is a full enhancement of the experience when you can share that experience with somebody and listen to them and have them listen to you and exchange your breathing and moans and thoughts and, and what you would do to this person if you were there with them. It really is a much richer experience. Well, Sharon, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. And thank you very much for asking me. You're welcome. And certainly the door is open whenever you want to come back and chat about the world of uh, phone sex and uh, masturbation. You're more than welcome <laughs> thank to. Thank you. I would have liked that. You're I would welcome. Like that. 
fantastic and listeners also want to thank you for tuning into in bed with poppy chulo tune in for brand new episodes of in bed with poppy chulo every wednesday at 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific you can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives registered users will gain access to the poppy chulo radio archives of previously aired broadcasts sharon summers and i would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night good night listeners good night thanks for listening Thanks for listening to In Bed with Bobby Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.